It's time for your weekly dose of Wayne's Comics. Welcome to episode 509 of the Wayne's Comics Podcast. As always, thanks so much for listening. This week, it's a great crowdfunding doubleheader, and it kicks off with Nathan Luth, who has the fourth volume of Impure Blood on Kickstarter. I'm a big fan of Nathan's, and I'm glad to see this great story come to a conclusion in hardcover so that I can read it whenever I want. Just great stuff. We talk about the book, and we talk about what he has in mind for the future as well. Then everything wraps up with Royce Adkins from Zoop.gg. He's got two books coming out, and they have just funded as I'm recording this introduction. The first one is called Legend of Althea, and the second one is Biopunks. We talk about his interest in science fiction, as well as when these books will arrive in fans' mailboxes. We talk about Stone Harbor Comics as well, and discuss diversity in comics, among other things. So I'm sure you're going to enjoy what he has to say. And don't let my voice bother you. I'm making progress behind the scenes, but right now, it still sounds a little different. But don't let that distract you from the wonderful interviews. There's a lot to get to in this episode, so let's get on with the show. Impure Blood is the tale of a mysterious young lady named Dara, who frees a half-human gladiator named Roan, because she believes he can lead her to the last full-blooded member of his ancient mystical race. But now she has disappeared in a fit of uncontrolled rage. Can she learn to rein in her power before it burns her from the inside out? Meanwhile, Roan, the aristocratic Caspian, and Mac the Mechanic attempt to locate Dara from across the continent, while the roguish Elnor takes a detour to check in with her boss and serve a side of blackmail to an all-too-deserving target. All roads lead to Elendor, a city-state plagued by years of bigotry and intolerance of the ancient blood, where rebellion threats spill into the streets at any moment. It's terrific. Whenever I get the chance to talk with Nathan Luth, one of the creators of uh, Impure Blood, which has been a wonderful series. I think I first bumped into you back at C2E2. Way back at the before times. uh, Yeah, yeah, I can't even imagine. I I have no idea how long ago it was at this point. (laughs) Yeah, Well, you've done this book for how long now? Oh man, uh, we were actually in production from two thousand late two thousand nine two thousand ten, and we wrapped it up in twenty seventeen. Wow! And uh, after that, I was like, I need to. I, I was looking around at all the other comic books and the all the successful Kickstarter campaigns that have been were going on, and I was like, I, I've got a finished product here. I need to do something with this. And uh, mm-hmm. sure enough, uh, 2019, I was doing my homework, uh, building up my uh, circles and my mailing list and stuff like that. And then uh, 2020, uh, February 2020, hit the launch button. And it was uh, an amazing feeling. I've been hooked on it ever since. And uh, the, I, I have the most distinct memory of being at the convention and passing the funding goal 
<laughs> and the same day hearing about this coronavirus thing that was like mm. all of a sudden a big deal in China and like, mm. nah, I'll never come over here. So <laughs> a lot of things happened all at once for me that year. I don't think that was the, the one that I saw you though. I think it was a couple no. of years back. Oh no, that. I want to say I want to say 2015, 2016 maybe something, something like in there. That. Yeah, cuz I remember I came across your stuff. I was stunned by the art and I was intrigued of course, you know, as we've often talked. I like a strong female lead and and mm-hmm. your book has that in, in in you know and then some and so I really enjoyed the book. I remember I bought I'm trying to think did you have two volumes out at that point? Oh boy, if that was the case, then maybe so. it was even 2014. So it might have yeah. been because I, I I bought them, and then after that, I kept finding ways to make sure I kept up with the story. And, then and you're you went, still not sick of me, and I appreciate. Oh that. no, you know, and then of course, then you came out with the hardcover, and that's this. When I like a book, I want it in hardcover to keep, and that's my. I've got the first three sitting in one place, waiting for number four to come. Right, and when they get there, they're going into my. Uh, I have a. a a cabinet where the um, the stuff I like the best go, and I have a space all picked out where this is going to go. So every once in a while, when I get the mood for a long story where I can sit down and just run through the whole story straight through, <laughs> I'm looking forward to that. It's going to be great. So, well, people always get on to me. I don't tell the the information about the Kickstarter soon enough for them. So let me talk about this one. Let me. I'll give the information. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's going to. The good news is, is you have. Over 200 backers as we're talking right now. That's right. And 120% funded, I believe, as of this recording. Yeah. So, yes, we, uh, we're we killing it this year. Uh, and I'm so grateful for that. It's been the, fantastic. The, the The original goal was 8,500. You have left that in the dust. You mm-hmm. are now gone beyond. In fact, there's a couple of things I think are worth. Well, let me read the description uh, first mm-hmm. because people get on me for that too. The fourth and final installment of the Steen Fantasy, interesting graphic novel, presented in a high quality deluxe hardcover edition. Boy, is that appropriate. It really makes your artwork sparkle, I think, the, the way yeah, it's done. Yeah, uh, the best thing about Kickstarter is it's allowed us to do offset print runs and hardcovers uh, with like UV spotting on the cover and all, all that. Uh, so we, re- we really do it up. The, uh, print on demand is great to start out with and to get your toes in the water, but uh, being able to do uh, the deluxe editions has, has blown my world wide open. So I'm... So grateful for the success we've had at this. It really just when I, I open the book and look at it, I go, "Wow!" It <laughs> really the artwork is so good, and it just makes the story work too. I mean, everything just works for me when I when I read. That's why I can't wait for number four. When I get number four, I'm going to sit down sometime and go through the whole thing all the mm, way straight mm. through just so I get the complete story again and just get the uh, through that. Uh, I, I do have to tell you, we uh, uh, I kind of made a bet with the with the backers and I don't, I don't know whether I won or lost, but uh, I told the backers that if we could fund within the first weekend, I would shave my beard into mutton chops. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> they called me out on it. So I am, uh, I am, as I sit here recording, I'm currently sporting a uh, luxurious uh, pair of cheek mittens. Uh, the, the great news is if you go to the Kickstarter, you'll actually see the video where you do that. You, you <laughs> shave the, the beard down. I had to ask though, why mutton chops? Because uh, I wanted to keep with the whole Victorian flavor kind of thing, uh, okay. and uh, it was just a 
just a little bit silly, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was joking with a friend that uh, the, the, the there's a vast dichotomy of people. Well, there's like two types of people that you see wearing button shops, and it's either like truckers or <laughs> uh, 1800s barons, and not a lot in between. So, or 1800s barons driving trucks. That's oh, oh, yes, Reginald. We must get the car. We must get the chickens to Davenport on time. Put <laughs> On what? Right. Yes. Uh, yeah. So yeah, for the last three weeks, I've been uh, running around with uh, mutton chops, and uh, you know what? It's half the time I'm like, "What must people think of me?" And the other half the time, I look in the mirror, and it's like, "Yeah, funded in the first weekend. Good job." There are there are stranger things I've seen on Kickstarter pages. So oh yeah. Right. Don't worry. This is, this all right. All right. Nothing. Nothing compared to some things I've seen people do. So you know, hey, it's it's not a bad you know. And, and if you're like me, my beard grows back in a couple of days. I mean, you know, I, I just poof. And <laughs> didn't you shave yesterday? Well, yeah, but I didn't today. So you know, poof, by the end of the week, I'm usually back to the full beard. It, so. it has left me wondering what I'm going to do for my next stunt like if, uh, if i can call out the audience in some other way like what will i do uh giant my, my daughter's like ooblek maybe giant tub of ooblek i'll uh <laughs> take it i'll run across that or something Who knows? well now i gotta ask though what what, what uh, i want to ask talk about this project but you bring mm-hmm. up the subject of what's next what is next i mean impure blood was a big thing for you now i have seen your other books i've seen other things that you have done and i like enjoyed them all very thoughtful very nicely presented and i was just curious as to are you going to put all these into one big volume in pure blood or what what else are you going to be working on that is not out of the question i've i've been pondering the the future of impure blood and i honestly can't say for certain i would very much like to do an omnibus edition Mm -hmm. uh this uh the sucker is 400 pages, uh, mm-hmm. so that would be kind of a brick. So I'm not, I'm not 100 percent certain as to whether I would do that uh, as soft cover, hard cover, kind of what. Have to feel it out, see if the interest is there. But uh, mm-hmm. it's definitely in my mind uh, that and or a. Uh, I've been I've been threatening to do a slipcase for the longest damn time, and it's yes. all, it's it's in the stretch goals. It's in the stretch goals, so yeah. uh, might have to uh, at the oh, very least. What, what what do you have to do to get that? Uh, Twenty thousand. So I don't know if we'll wow. quite make that, but oh. uh, yeah, okay. yeah, but, uh, yeah. Well, but it's going another. off the table. Yeah, yeah, gonna have to do another in the future, maybe a, have- a five year anniversary or something like that. See, one of my prized possessions is the Justice League Avengers. Slipcover edition with Perez and Busiek when they did that. Hmm. Nice. Absolutely beautiful. I got two of them because I want one to read every once in a while. I want the other one to stay in pristine condition. And I love that book. I just, every once in a while, again, there's another one that I pull out when I'm in the mood for a nice long story. I pull that one out. My favorite sequence, of course, Batman versus Captain America. Ah, yeah, yeah. Favorite sequence. Good stuff. Good stuff. Oh, good stuff. Wonderful stuff. Uh, I don't know if I have a favorite sequence in Impure Blood. The whole, uh, to me, I get lost in the story, and I don't, you know, I, I don't really, <laughs> I don't know if I can pick a 
particular sequence out. I'm, I'm this is kind of like a, a waterfall that just rushes, and I get in it and I'm lost and gone on it until I get to the end and I go, "What happened?" Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, I, wait a minute. <laughs> I I, I, ha- I do occasionally wonder about that, in particular with high fantasy stuff. Uh, do what? when do these characters sleep? When do they take a minute to eat or have a have a drink or something well, like that? They just you know it's like they just go in constantly for uh, months or years at a time. I, so. I don't know if you ever watched the show that was on Fox. It was called Twenty Four. Ah, mm-hmm. and it was twenty four hours straight of this poor guy running, doing stuff. And one time, uh, uh, what's the name of the show? Family Guy came out and started talking about it. And mm. the father comes out and says, "You know, I don't understand. When does that character actually go to, to go to the bathroom?" <laughs> and the dog turns to him and says, "You want to see that?" And the father goes, "Maybe." <laughs> yeah, just like that. just like it, uh, it doesn't have to be graphic. Just uh, 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 Jack Bauer goes into like the stall, and then yeah. like a little clock appears, like dee, 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 dee. Ten, ten, ten minutes of airtime later, he yeah. actually comes out or something. No. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but anyway, uh, let's see uh, what else. Uh, yeah, I have another project called uh, Children of the State that I'm planning on launching with uh, fellow Kickstarter all-star Andrew Gilda. That, uh, we're hoping to launch that early next year for uh, – we're hoping for January, February, mm-hmm. uh, the stars align. And then I just, just wrapped up my entry into the third and final installment of the Cthulhu is hard to spell comic anthology book by wannabe press and Russell Nolte. And, oh. uh, yeah, it's that I've seen a few of the other entries. They're looking pretty sharp. This one is shaping up to be uh, just chef's kiss uh, gorgeous. Mm. Uh, My particular story imagines a existential debate between J.R.R. Tolkien and one Howard Phillips Lovecraft (laughs) uh, uh, on on a mythical field of battle. So uh, Tolkien's got all the uh, gods and monsters of myth backing him up. Uh, Lovecraft's got all of his, his gallery mm-hmm. uh, uh, fighting on his side. And so, uh, uh, yeah, uh, I'm super proud of it. And I'm super proud to be a part of that as well. Cool. You know, it took me years to figure out how to pronounce Cthulhu. <laughs> well, uh, you know, uh, well, you got to use a lot of phlegm, I think. It's kind of cool. We got like got to got to swallow while you say it a little bit. Oh, I haven't gotten that far yet. I'm just looking for <laughs> Cthulhu. I, 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 for the longest time, I would look at it and go, I do not know how you pronounce that. And I would ask people, Can you pronounce it for me? Because I don't know what the heck that is. You know, because uh, mm-hmm. although mm-hmm. I, I'm interested in it, but I just you know when it comes to that, it took me years, and everybody t- again and again telling me the same thing. I said, Okay, now I think I get it. Right. That's cool. But as far as I mean, have you ever thought of Impure Blood too? I have debated it, and um, <clears throat> uh, full disclosure to the audience, I'm afraid that the writer and I have fallen out a little bit. But oh. um, so I don't know if she's interested in doing more. I, I, it's not a, it's not a hard no for me. I would definitely be interested in it. Um, let's see. Uh, 
what, what's the saying? Life is long and all things are possible and mm -hmm. full of opportunities and mm -hmm. on a star and stuff. So it's not, it's not outside the realm of possibility, but I would call it unlikely in the foreseeable future, I'm afraid. Okay. Well, you know, as, as you improve as a writer, mm -hmm. you could do both. You know, the, the, I always ask people who write and draw, what do, you, what do you prefer? And they always tell me, well, I'm a storyteller. That means I like both. Yeah, that's true. I, I think you could do both. No, I I am stretching my legs. I do, ha uh, as I mentioned, uh, uh, the uh, Tolkien versus Lovecraft is actually written by myself. Uh, so mm -hmm. I am I am trying to branch out in that direction. I've also got a project uh, that I plan on launching in 2022 called The Canon of Vangel, mm -hmm. and that will also be both written and illustrated by myself. Oh, good. I'm looking forward to that. We'll have to talk about that when the time comes, because I think that's going to be great. Uh, yeah, no, man, I will definitely be reaching out. What's funny is, is, is somebody says that to me. There's, there's one guy I particularly think of who told me, I can't do a Kickstarter without being interviewed by you. And then it, it, he completely stopped. <laughs> oh, oh. He stopped asking me to do it after that. And I was like, so that didn't, you know, I always want to write him and say, did you really not mean that? <laughs> oh, well, uh, you can definitely count on me. Uh, you've been my good luck charm. Uh, That's I've, what he I've, told me. I, oh, uh, hmm. I'll say, well, I'll have to, <laughs> I'll have to uh, find, track him down and smack him for you. Okay. <laughs> well, it was just kind of funny to me, but I, I, he's doing them. I see him doing Kickstarters all the time. In fact, he just started one up and I backed it right away. Huh. My biggest problem with Kickstarters is my AOL account is so slow. That by the time I get the notice, the Kickstarter's out, I can't be the first one. There's like five or ten people who have already gotten in there before me. And then right. I get on there and I go, doggone, his was the one that I actually got there first. And I cheered. I went, I'm first. I can't believe it. I'm first. I are you sure you're not thinking about me? Because I do remember you, uh, like last campaign for the volume three, you were number one. Oh, was I? Oh, Okay. Well, maybe I'm mistaken then, but uh, uh, it could be. But, you know, uh, I, I almost never am first because by the time I hear about it through AOL, they, they delay emails and AOL. And so by the time I get it and I get onto the thing, I usually look at it, see if anybody has backed. And usually by the time I get in there, they're halfway there. Right. Some people, there's a, a company called Magnetic Press. And by the time I get to the thing, if it's a half hour late, they've already met their goal. And oh, I'm wow. going, man, I said, I can't believe it. And I, 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 one quick thing aside about Magnetic Press, I got a huge kick. I, I really love their books because they tend to be like European graphic novels that they mm -hmm. uh, recruit from overseas. And I love that kind of writing because it's different from American writing. I love variety. Mm -hmm. He was doing one and I had backed it. But I saw he wanted to reach $100,000. And I thought, man, I said, wouldn't it be great if he actually did that? And so I kind of kept an eye on it. And every, every once in a while, it'd pop up another 10000 And it was a Friday afternoon, right around 5 o'clock Eastern time. And I, I looked at it. And I said, holy smoke, he's like $97,000. Dang. He, he could make this. And I I. I I jumped on and I increased my thing just to help him a little bit. And then it was, it was going to close at six o'clock uh, my time. All of a sudden about five 45 over the, the thing he went. 
And I sat there and right. I went, oh, man, I got to see what he says about this. And, you know, he, he got this, that, that he was way over by the time. He was like $5,000 over, which is good because not everybody can fulfill their thing on a Kickstarter. And so he got the, it got over it. And then about finally about an hour later, he said his wife picked him up off the floor. <laughs> and, and he couldn't believe it, you know, that, that he, had, he stopped it was and he passed out and he goes, holy mackerel, we made it. Didn't use those words, but he said something. Right, like that. right. And I got a huge kick. I thought that was kind of neat. To, since then, he's doing a lot shorter Kickstarters. But you know what? Yeah. That's cool. I mean, you know, I, he, he does like a week or two week ones a lot of the time. And of course, I, I got to jump on there right away and get on it because otherwise I'll, it'll go past me and I'll go, oh, no, I missed it. Ah. Mm-hmm. So right. I really try to do it. But anyway, Kickstarters mm. are, are, as you know now, uh, now that you're an experienced Kickstarter guy, uh, mm. it, it, this one must be, uh, it must be much more easier for you now because you've done what? How many Kickstarters have you actually done? Uh, this is my fourth. Uh, this is my fourth one thus far. So okay. I've been a part of. Uh, the previous two Cthulhu is hard to spell. So I guess you could say I've been a part of six total now. So kind of have a feel for how it goes, but, uh, Mm -hmm. being in an anthology is a much different beast than actually running it yourself, you know? Oh yes. Oh yeah. The, the, the daily heart attack doesn't hit you. Oh yeah. I I have, I have been rather proud of myself. I've been much better about managing the stress and hitting refresh on the browser, uh, uh, once or twice you know <laughs> but yeah. you, you got there in the first weekend you don't that have to refresh. A lot. Yeah, yeah you don't have to refresh there's so many people i know they're sitting there you know hitting the button over and over and over mm-hmm. again and they're kind of going oh my gosh i'm not gonna make it nobody's ever gonna pledge again to my kickstarter mm-hmm. and all that mm-hmm. stuff and i'm sure something you are probably have experienced at least once in your life <laughs> oh yes like constantly that's behind the scenes that's what uh that's what most folks who haven't run one don't quite realize is oh. that, uh, behind all the smiles and the uh yeah. the hubris and the uh and the i'm gonna give out all the prizes there's yeah. just this giant uh quivering nerve of insecurity that's just like oh god what, <laughs> what, what, if, what if nobody else backs it's like <laughs> yeah I, I, even I'll, and i'll tell you even this campaign where yeah like funded on the first weekend mm-hmm. uh, i was still like oh god what if that's it what if, what if no what if nobody backs for the for like the next three weeks it's just like sticks right there at, <laughs> like whatever that's it that's that's it it's all over now but so but that's the great thing about the Kickstarter, though, is that you don't know. No. You know, true. you want some. Now, when you and I are talking, you actually have – you're past $11,000. Yes. Which is great. I mean, that's a, that's a wonderful total. I mean, you know, that's going to help you really – you know, any, any part you get beyond the amount that you're after helps. Mm-hmm, People mm-hmm. don't understand that, that, you know, oh, you no. set a goal. You want to get the goal. Yes, but but when you get beyond that, I I, I don't know if you've ever seen Ron Randall's ones. Mm-hmm. He does some wonderful Kickstarters too, and he is always trying to go beyond, to get way way beyond the amount. He has a certain amount he wants to get because that's how much he needs for printing and distribution and all that kind yeah. of stuff. But yeah. then he wants other ones just because there's other things that need to be done. He's he's making a living in some on some oh, levels. Yes. 
Oh, yes. Uh, and this is not all... Uh, everybody likes to think that this is... Uh, uh, you know that it's all gravy, and it's yeah. not. Um, I, I could I, I could walk you through the excitement of all the numbers, but yeah, mm. I'll tell you, like uh, Kickstarter takes their five percent off the top, then right. you get your credit card fees. Right. Uh, that's another three percent. Right. And Uncle Sam wants his cut too, of course, oh, which of is course. fair. So there's mm. uh, uh, 20 percent as well, and then the actual mm. printing the books is uh, five thousand. So like uh, of that eighty five hundred, I. I, that, like that is all budgeted for and yep. like none of it goes into my pocket but what happens so, if you got like a, what if the the printer says oh no we've got to give you you got to charge you more uh the there is a little bit of a contingency fee about a 10 percent contingency fee built in for exactly that purpose okay, okay. You know, even even before coronavirus life happened and yep. uh since coronavirus you know shipping lanes and uh supply channels and Literally everything is back to the backup. So, yeah. uh, so yes, uh, there are there are contingencies built in. Good. So Fine. no worries That's about good. that. And um, as, as you may know, uh, the volume three is, to my knowledge, currently sitting in the uh, San Diego Harbor <laughs> off the coast oh. of San Diego uh, oh. on a boat. So uh, oh. so it, it exists. It's on the way as fast as anything mm. can go right now. It's right. Uh, just, uh, unfortunately, just, uh, you know, everything's backed up. And Well, well what happens so, is, like, it gets delayed so long that number four comes with it. Are you going to mail the two of them together? Oh, that, that would be handy. That would, yeah, be that would work. <laughs> and, and uh, yeah, that is the other thing. I'm kind of like, okay, so how long is it going to take number four to get here? So, yeah, yeah it, it's <sighs> a big enough problem. Maybe, maybe uh, the holiday season will knock everything out of place and get it, things back together, but mm. probably not. So uh, mm. the, the bottom line here, though, is that this is a when, not if proposition. Right. Uh, the, books are, right. the books are on the way, and they're going to get to you as quickly as humanly possible. That's, that's the only thing about Kickstarter that's a little tough is the fulfillment. It, it just depends so much on people getting stuff to you and then you've got to get it out. And I mean, there's some people who the moment stuff arrives, they spend the next 48 hours with no sleep mailing and sending and packing and all this kind of stuff, trying to get it out to people as fast as they humanly can. Right. So. Yeah, I'm not quite that hardcore, but yeah, no, I will spend a couple of days just, you know, putting labels on stuff and uh, watching movies while I do it. And yeah, <laughs> it's, a, it's a, it's a little cathartic. But, well, but uh, yeah. the good news is, though, is that you get it done. And not, unlike some people, I have had some Kickstarters that I have literally <laughs> never gotten anything. I paid my money. They got my money. And oh, more than that, I can't say. So but, I don't know. Yeah. yeah I hate to I hear that kind of thing. So you don't do that. That's the good news is no. you, you're, you're very, you know, uh, 
uh, fastidious or what I'm trying to think the right word. You're, you're very faithful to make sure Mm. that everybody gets exactly what they, you know, what they're looking for. I've been a freelance illustrator for boy since since the far flung year of 2005. (laughs) uh, And as any independent contractor will tell you, uh, you live and die by your deadlines. So uh, I, I just take the approach that I'm now I'm working for, 200 300 clients instead of just uh just, just the one so no i get it i get it done that's good well that's the important thing well you got uh, are there other projects that you're working on i keep thinking you know because i've i've read your other books you had a book on what was the condition that it was on that i read that was really good uh, autism spectrum autism. yeah that was a really good book i love that that was so good. I, I, there, I honestly I haven't seen anything bad that you've done. I've enjoyed every single one of them, oh, and yeah. that's why to me I'm always if I see your name somewhere I'm going to go. I got to get that book. <laughs> yeah, that's going to oh, be good. For, that's what I like to hear. That's a good sign. <laughs> yeah, I want to see that kind of things, and uh, I, I would be curious to see. I'd be, I would love to see you do both ends of the spectrum: be the writer and the artist some more i think that would be a lot of fun perfect that's because that's exactly the way i'm going so oh good well good good is it well let me ask you because you you spent several years now as an artist mm-hmm. is that a very different process for you or is that something that over time you've kind of grown into um i i think i have i think i have a good editorial eye for writing or at least i have my tastes and a standard that I am that I try to live up to. Uh, And uh, now I think it's just getting the exercise in building up the muscles Mm -hmm. involved and getting to the point where my, uh, my ability matches up with my editorial, uh, uh, with my editorial eye. Um, I'm, I'm generally pleased with the thing if i if i might to my own horn i am generally pleased with the things that i've uh put uh put out thus far and so far it's only been short stories i did write one of the books about uh behavioral disorders that i worked on uh although that was largely adapting someone else's work um but i have a i uh, so far, I guess we're going to see how it goes once I launch the Canon Evangel. Um, but I have a strong outline for it. Uh, in fact, I'm going to be working on it this month as part of NaNoWriMo. Hey. I'm uh, writing the first... Uh, I, I'm writing the Great American Graphic Novel, so I'm uh, <laughs> trying to get out six uh, individual issues, and that will be the fodder for the project uh, as I move forward. Okay. Uh, uh, oh, and uh, the the story. I should I should actually maybe tell people what the story is about. It's uh, mm-hmm. about a paladin who has to. Uh, it takes place in a uh, post apocalyptic magical future. Mm-hmm. So the magical apocalypse has happened. All the creatures of of fantasy and myth have you know rewoken, and it's kind of thrown the world into uh, uh, turmoil. And so a, a a lone paladin must uh, battle demons, both internal and external, in order to maybe tr- stop the apocalypse in progress. And mm. also, she maybe had a hand in starting it. So mm. we'll find out along the way. 
Cool. Sounds like fun. I, I'm going to be, when I ask the Kickstarter, let me know because I'm going to definitely back it. Most and, definitely. Because I think that's, uh, I love, I love a good story that, and, and of course, as, you, as I said before, the, the strong female leads just, I don't, I can't get enough of that. I, I mm -hmm. men have been in charge of comic stories for decades of my life and i know basically now what men characters are going to do when they're in, in in charge i don't know what a woman's going to do I, I i every time i read a story that has a woman in charge i'm literally going like now what now what i don't know what they're going to do because the guys i can figure it out ah, i know guys pretty well by now but the the women characters right. I, I always, that's why when you do that and you make the, the strong female leads like that, I'm just engrossed because I, I, I have no idea. <laughs> I like that too, to be honest with you. I love not knowing. It, it is fun to play with a little bit because, well, I'm, uh, women of course are shocking women are also human beings and <laughs> uh, have the subject to the same motivations and, uh, rich internal life that men are of course um mm -hmm. but people bring a completely different set of preconceptions uh, along when they approach a female character mm -hmm. and also societal norms kind of play differently so mm -hmm. if you it, like if a if a dude does xyz and then a woman does xyz it can be read in a completely different way so it, it's a fun preconception to play with because, mm -hmm. you know, I read a joke one time where they said that a man goes to get a car repaired. He goes in, you know, he says, here, get it fixed. And then he comes back two days later, it's fixed. He drives the car out. A woman takes it in. The woman wants to go down every part and she wants to know exactly how you're going to do it. She wants to know if she can come and watch when you do the, put the car together. And then when it's all done, she wants to look at it again and make sure it's all put together right. Mm -hmm. I, I thought that was a, <laughs> that made me laugh because I know some women like that. Now every woman I know is not like that, but I know a okay. couple. My sister used to scream at women drivers all the time. And she said, "Woman driver!" I said, "Gail." I said, "You're a woman driver." <laughs> <laughs> you know how can you say that? <laughs> so that's to me that's kind of the fun of it. I. I I, you know the the, the unknowing what they're going to do mm -hmm. to, on my part just wonderful I, I that's why when your stories and that's why impure blood was so much fun for me because i did not know especially the fourth chapter i really i did not know and that was when you got to really strut your stuff too as oh yes. Art, yes yes that was a wonderful book as far as that goes i i could not put that down that was it was a wonderful ending because you know you've built the story up the story's been built up and suddenly you get to you know to no. <laughs> make story after, after, happen as far as battle stuff goes that was wonderful oh most definitely and that's the that's the way to do it uh one of my favorite things about the final star wars trilogy was how all the all the roads kind of led to this battle the, mm. uh, the the big epic final battle sequence was not mm. uh just the defeat of the empire it was also mm. you know the battle for luke's soul and darth vader's mm. soul and mm. the fate of uh everyone's friends and we have a similar ending going on in impure blood uh mm -hmm. dara has to decide uh where she's going to come down uh in the future of the ancient blood uh mm -hmm. she 
finally, uh, some minor spoilers, she finally gets to meet her father, albeit briefly. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Elnor, like every, everybody kind of has to decide where their loyalties are lying. Mm-hmm. Uh, El- Elnor and Roan are no exception. They've, they've got to figure out uh, what side they're coming down on on this. Uh, uh, and Caspian, of all people, the guy... Uh, the guy that started out as a kind of a spoiled brat really mm-hmm. steps up and mm-hmm. uh, and leads the charge on mm-hmm. on the whole affair. So mm-hmm. now it, it's been a trip to watch these characters grow, and I always thought it was weird that uh, 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 artists always spoke of characters like as if they had a life of their own, but. <laughs> It really kind of is the uh, the way to go. It's just one. Mm-hmm. It's just like real people. Like one decision leads you this way, and then you build off of that decision, and then you build off of that decision, and eventually you, you you've kind of grown as a person, or, or at least ideally. Mm-hmm. But that's the way a lot of characters are, though. A lot of writers, in particular, mm-hmm. look at characters and they develop a life of their own in their in their head. They have the. They want to do their own thing in your mind, but I've often talked to writers and tell me that 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 all of a sudden these characters, you know, you think you've got everything plotted out, and then all of a sudden in your head these characters are going a whole different direction. Nah. Yeah, and that's something special. <laughs> I, that's when I can tell that the the characters have really come to life in in your mind when they don't even follow your rules anymore. <laughs> <laughs> pretty They're great their own thing. yes it's so true. great really wonderful stuff yeah. and your characters are like that too I, I just literally I didn't know what was going to happen and I, I love that I see I can't wait that, like I said when I get those four hardcovers together there's going to be a time when I sit down and I just go okay here we go we're going to go start mm-hmm. to finish and, and, and experience this again because when I got to read them I read them individual chapters every so often and that's a different reading than when you get to read the whole thing at once. And so I like that. Like there was a book that was called Smoke Town, and I read it individual chapters, and it, it made sense. I, I got it. Uh, a guy by the name of Philip Kennedy Johnson wrote it, and mm-hmm. he's he's writing Superman now. Same oh guy. wow! And I read the. It was great until I got the trade. Then I got the collected edition. I sat down one day and said, I want to read this from the start to finish. It was a whole different experience to read the trade than it was to read the individual issues. I was really, I, when I got done with it, I said, wow. I said, I, I mean, I enjoyed it before, but now I was really like, <laughs> I see whole different shades of meaning than I never thought of before. So I, I imagine when I read uh, Impure Blood, I might get some, some other storytelling things that'll pop out to me that I, I, I didn't see before. I mean, I'm interested to see if that happens. I, it's going to be great. Definitely. Definitely. And I'd love to hear what you think. Oh, it's going to be fun. I can't wait. Can't wait hmm. for that. So uh, let me once again tell people, I, uh, people say I don't say this often enough. It's going to hmm. be it's Impure Blood Volume 1 to 4. And it's the project and it's going to fund because we've already got there. Uh, oh, yeah. it's gonna, it reaches the goal by Sunday, November 14, 
12.59 a.m. Eastern Time, which means right after midnight. Uh, yeah, yes, so uh, I believe like one week after this podcast dro- drops. Right. Uh, and, there, and there's one other thing that I'd like to uh, highlight, okay. and that is that uh, with this campaign, we are uh, – there is a special rewards tier that will let you, called Comic Books for Kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've teamed up with Mark Weiss of Comic Books for Kids. It's a 501c charity, and he its entire mission is to get comic books and toys into the hands of kids in hospitals and cancer centers. Mm-hmm. So if uh, if you happen to be there. And you pledge, uh, you can drop an extra 20 bucks, uh, get a book for a sick kid at half price. Mm -hmm. Or, uh, heck, if you don't even like Impure Blood, just uh, swing on by and uh, buy one for a kid that could really use an escape Mm -hmm. and uh, a little bit of uh, fantasy in their lives. Mm -hmm. There's one other thing I thought I would uh, mention. Uh, The first 50 returning backers get a snazzy pocket watch. Added to ah, yes. the reward. Uh, am I included in there? I hope. I hope. I hope. <laughs> as long as you have a, uh, as long as you have me captive, let <laughs> me check. I'm sure because I'm, I'm in the, the radio. I, I'm in the uh, hardcover Impure Blood Volume One, Two, Three, or Four. That's the one that I picked, and there are 77 people there. I'm one okay. of 77. Uh, oh, it might be. It might be close. If you're, it is say your what your backer number is. Uh no, how do I find that okay. out? Okay. Uh, let's see if you. If I'm not, can I buy one? <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll get it done. We'll get it in there. Okay, because it's kind of cute. It really looks kind of nice. Uh, I have a friend of mine who's a big steampunk kind of friend. I'd love nothing better than to flash that out at him. They say, look at my watch. I'd like that. That'd be kind of fun. I don't know if you know Matt Knowles and stuff. Uh, oh, yes, of course. Yeah, they're they're the ones that I know, and they're, they're local to me. I've interviewed them several oh, times. Really? In fact, they were on this podcast very recently. I was going to say, yeah, they were on just last week, weren't they? Yes, just very, very recent. So I always enjoy their kind of stuff. They, they actually had masks and stuff, and not just like uh, uh, pandemic masks. They had this huge dragon mask that covered your whole head nice. that they had. My, my roommate got one of them, and boy, he just, wow, he loves it. He keeps it uh, very carefully preserved and ready for the time when he needs to wear it. So looks really cool. So, but your stuff all has really good stuff. Now, talk to me also one other thing too before I let you go about the, mm. there's mini prints. You've got uh, six by eight mini prints, uh, four high quality ones. Talk about who did those. Yes, um, one of them was uh, from Chris Beck, who's launching a uh, awesome. Uh, Space Western in about a month now. Another is by Adriana Ferguson, who fans of Major Spoilers and the mm-hmm. uh, Critical Hit podcast will recognize. Uh, she mm-hmm. played Trell on there for a while, and mm-hmm. that's how I stumbled onto her. And I'm mm-hmm. a, a great fan of her art. She does mm-hmm. amazing work. Uh, mm-hmm. I like. Light years ahead of me, Lord knows. <laughs> and uh, then, of course, there is uh, Kaylin Smith of mm-hmm. Plume fame. Mm-hmm. And uh, 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 I'm delighted to have her on board as well. So th- mm-hmm. this is uh, – I've, I've been blessed 
to have a lot of great artists work on uh, the mini prints for these Kickstarters and to, uh, and that's kind of been my, I joke, but it's true. This is kind of my favorite part is to like commission other artists to draw my characters. Hmm. Uh, But uh, this particular set is hands down my favorite of all four kickstarters so uh, you'd be remiss if you missed out on this one now there's four of course and you didn't mention who the fourth one was oh yeah like there's this guy i mean like (laughs) kind of uh yes i did did the i did the fourth one there's one from me as well i love the way that you mentioned it on the kickstarter there's these great big all caps kaylin smith Mm -hmm. Joanna ferguson christopher beck then all of a sudden a little tiny letters and also me <laughs> and also me yeah uh, 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 what can i tell you wayne i'm a good midwestern lutheran boy like yeah. uh, self-promotion is like the eighth deadly sin this has been a tough r- road for me <laughs> <laughs> well then you got the airship enamel pan uh, pin too that yes very cute oh it? yes all kinds of nice stuff so let's see as we're talking you've passed the eleven thousand dollar mark so mm-hmm. I hope it gets to 20. I don't know. If we don't get to 20, we'll have to do another Kickstarter and, and do that. I think I so. I think it. so. I can, I can almost guarantee you that. We, we got we to make the uh, slipcase happen in some kind of oh, way here. So I love slipcases. I really do. There, uh, another thing you can do, too, that I really enjoy, and Ron Randall always reminds me that I, I was big on this. He did a book where he had to get to a certain point where he got this little cloth uh, mark that you put in the book. I can't remember what you call it right now, but he would put, uh, you know, when you opened the book up and you wanted to say where you were, did you put this little cloth marker down the, down the side to keep the, where you were? And then you do it. And I, I wanted that. Oh yeah. With so, the, the ribbon, right? Yes. Yes. That's yeah. it. I wanted that so bad. I kept, I kept, you know, I already pledged. So I, and I really couldn't add any more to it. But I, I kept saying to people, let's get the ribbon. Let's get the ribbon. We got to <laughs> keep like going and get that. Yeah, we got might it. Might have to be an add-on. If I do, if I do, uh, if I do do the omnibus, I will definitely include the ribbon. Be, it's good to have because if you get to read a whole thing like that, every once in a while you got to stop and you got to. I, I, I lose where I am and I forget. It's nice to have the ribbon. The ribbon actually goes there, and he always, when I t- interview him now, he always remem- reminds me, "You had that ribbon. You're the yeah, one that wanted the ribbon." Um, Mr. Ribbon, that's me. And, <laughs> and I got it, too. I was really happy about that, too. So, mm-hmm. okay, so Impure Blood, one to four. And it, it, it's interesting, the level of one thing I want to do, the one that I did, it says one, two, three, or four. And, of course, I want four. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna. Mm-hmm. When the time comes when after this gets done, I'm going to get the four. I'll mark the four. But I got I got to kick that's it. Right. It wasn't a separate, it wasn't a separate pledge. It was all of these were lumped into one thing. I thought that was an interesting way to do it. That's right. And that is so that he, despite the fact that this is the fourth and final impure blood volume, uh, even if you're new to the series, you can jump in with volume one, uh, that one, or if you, uh, missed a Kickstarter along the way, you can, uh, select your backup or, or your ketchup tier. So, uh, so, so I, I wanted this to not be daunting or uh, exclusive for anybody who might happen across it and be new to the series. So, yes, mm-hmm. if you, uh, uh, d- d- despite the fact that this is for the printing of the fourth and final volume, you can, in fact, get volume one as a part of it. Mm-hmm. You get digital copies. You can get all four 
books if you want as that's the sixty six dollar mm-hmm. uh, one that's a good I, I've already got the mm-hmm. first two and the third's on the way so I'm getting the fourth but uh, I can't yeah. I can't wait to get and that there's all kinds of reward combinations but yeah. you can get the book you can get the book and the pin you can get <laughs> three books in a pin and a uh, and a mini print and you know there's the ad Kickstarter has that awesome add-on feature now so you can just totally do it a la carte whatever works for you now I, I have to mention two levels that I could not possibly ever get in. There's the pledge five thousand dollars or <laughs> and then there's the pledge ten thousand dollars. Holy crap, big money. <laughs> right. That's the one. Those are uh you know, if you ever have a comic idea and you wanna uh, get that made, you know what? Uh that's a uh Give me a commission. Give me a call and uh, make that work. In fact, uh, I I do. Uh, I don't know if he's listening to it, but I I owe. Well, I have. Excuse me. I don't think he wanted me to call him out, but I do have one that I need to fulfill. Uh, I had a. I had a backer pledge in Ashcan from a previous campaign and for various uh, life reasons, uh, took a while to get me a script and stuff like that, but I'm going to be working on that uh, this December. Oh, wow. Very nice. So I'd love to be able to do that. Uh, one time I actually, there was a Kickstarter that I, I actually could afford being drawn into a comic. And I paid, ah, yeah. it was only $80. And I, I said, I can afford that. And I ended up as a dead uh, character on a, <laughs> a Moby Dick's, on a ship that was after him, uh, the dead Moby Dick. Um, oh, no. And I, I, you know, I said to him, I said, where is, where am I? I, I? I didn't see where I am. And he pointed me to the place and I said, yeah, that's me. All right. There I am. I didn't. I didn't notice that was me. So <laughs> it was nice to actually be in a book. You, normally they're like hundreds and hundreds of dollars, like you can never afford it. But that one was actually eighty dollars, and I said I'm taking that. That's not bad. That one. So I got that. So I'm real happy with that. I just think that was a wonderful. I, I encourage people if something like that. Keep your eye out. A pledge will come along that you can afford and make happen. So it's great stuff. So, Most definitely. Awesome. But Nathan, you're always doing wonderful stuff, and I cannot wait to get these good books in my, like I said, in my possession. There's like about a two or three hour block of time that's going to be spent getting back into this book and enjoying Impure Blood all in one sitting like that. I'm really looking forward to that. It's really going to be great. But they are so lovely. The printing is gorgeous. The ones that I have are just beautiful. And I highly encourage you, if you have not signed up for this, you still have time get in there and sign up for the books because they are so worth having good story good art great characters all kinds of good stuff and again it is on on kickstarter it's impure blood volume one hyphen four is the way it's, it's written in here mm-hmm. and again and i'll it's, shoot you a link yeah but not only that okay. it's sunday november 14 12 59 a.m remember that's uh, let's important. see is it uh is that what it, is this what it's saying today yeah i thought i thought it was midnight on the it says on here sunday november 14 12 59 a.m i believe, believe what that says you know i don't know what do yeah, i know well, you know hey <laughs> if, you, if you have to if you're going to be that close never mind what you got to do right is on. get in there way before yeah. that don't wait until that time. <laughs> don't, don't wait till the last minute don't do it until the end of the last hour don't do it because you don't want poor nathan here to have the, the heart attack nobody's ever uh, going to sign up for my stuff ever <laughs> <laughs> i appreciate it. you're looking out yeah. for me 
Yeah, well, Nathan, keep it up. It's wonderful stuff. I just think your your videos are fun too. I have to say, I wanted to get that in there too. And by the way, oh, the, co- very the much. covers are designed so beautifully. This one is a great purple gold kind of mixture. <gasps> beautiful, really, really no, nice. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Like, You're too kind. Just keep that's it really up. Why I come here is for, I come here for, for, that good word. for the good word. Okay, well, keep <laughs> doing what you're doing, and those good words will keep coming. That's all I can tell you. Thanks very much, sir. People need dramatic examples to shake them out of apathy, and I can't do that as Bruce Wayne. As a man, I'm flesh and blood. I can be ignored. I can be destroyed, but as a symbol. Get the latest from the comics universe. News, interviews, previews, and reviews. Listen to the weekly Wayne's Comics Podcast so you can keep reading your comics. It's great to welcome to the podcast Royce Adkins, the creator of not one but two comics on zoop.gg. And let's see, the first one, I don't know which one's first. But, uh, and if I mispronounced this, Royce, you'll tell me, hopefully. Uh, yeah. Le- Legend of Althea. Is that right? And then yep. the second one is – let me get to those. I always want to get these names pronounced exactly right, and I have to look for them. Biopunks. That I can probably pronounce because I'm a sci-fi guy. Mm-hmm. So those are two two great books that are coming out at the same time. That's I think that's the first time Zoop ever had a, a – a, what do they say on baseball, a double base when they do that so that's kind of a great way to do that so that's uh, it's hard enough for people to get one book out and here you are with two yeah uh no definitely thank, thanks for having me I, I really really appreciate it and definitely doing something a little uh unconventional in in that regard which is why i'm launching the campaign not so much for just one comic but it's more so as a comic book company so the campaign is for stone harbor comics and then you get to choose how you want to support Stone Harbor Comics, which comic book do you, do you want to get? Legend of Althea or Biopunks, or do you want to get both? Yeah. Uh, the thing I always want to know, and I, I never know until it, it's too late, why is it called Stone, Stone Harbor Comics? So uh, the name actually comes from uh, uh, pretty much a production company that I have uh, with me and my family, Stone Harbor Productions, because uh, I have a background in filmmaking and um, I've directed, written, directed, and produced my own short films, um, and along with my family. So it's kind of derivative from that, but the actual origin of the Stone Harbor is actually a mix between, um, uh, my mom's, uh, part of my mom's family name and, uh, where my dad is from, which is Benner Harbor, Michigan. So oh. we kind of mixed the two and came up with Stone Harbor Productions and then what's now Stone Harbor Comics. Wow. Now, let me read a little bit of your bio, which is on, if you go to zoop.gg forward slash C forward slash Stone Harbor Comics, all one word, uh, you'll get to the stuff. And there's, if you go somewhat down the page, there's a green box that has your picture in it. And luckily you're not green. It's the box that's green. <laughs> yes. And because being a sci-fi guy, well, you know, you never know. Some, you never some, know. Anything's possible. <laughs> let me read a little bit of this because I, I found it inter- entertaining. It says, Royce Adkins is a filmmaker. Maker, comic book author, and all-around sci-fi head. Boy, do I, I identify with that last part. <laughs> 
At a young age, Royce was compelled to tell his own stories when he realized there was need for more representation in the films he watched and the comics he read. And boy, is that ever true. There weren't enough characters who looked like him, especially in science fiction space. Now being a father, Royce wants to help ensure his kids will have access to stories where they feel included. Refusing to wait on Hollywood to accomplish his goal, Royce turned to the comic book community, where he's been met with overwhelmingly positive feedback and support after launching his first comic book series, Biopunks, in 2017. And the second, Legend of Althea, I'm just for it's Althea or Althea? Althea. Mm -hmm. Althea, okay, in 2020. So it's, it's, I, I, I love that stuff. Of course, that's one thing about science fiction is pronouncing things right. Right, I know. <laughs> I never get it right, but so but it doesn't mean I don't enjoy the books. So the, the the stories really look fascinating to me. Why don't you, Royce, tell us what like the first one? I guess twenty seventeen, Biopunks. What's that story about? Yeah, so Biopunks. It's about uh, three characters who all have different uh, physical disabilities uh, that undergo this experimental procedure where they have this synthetic spinal cord replacement surgically installed um, on their backs. And in the story, it's called the spinal core. And what this does is kind of override their central nervous system and in an attempt to cure them. But what it does is it actually gives them special powers. Um, and in doing so, there's this big bad guy named the Advent who learns of this and finds a way to actually harness the powers from these spinal cores to make himself stronger. So he hunts down all of the patients in order to extract their cores and so our three characters, Caden, Naya, and Otto, are the last three remaining uh, patients, and they have to band together in order to fight off this guy from taking all the power and going crazy. There is a cool, like a full-page ad for it that's in there. It says, be restored. Sign up for the restore program. Become part of history. And it mm -hmm. talks a little bit about apply to take part in the new clinical uh, trial program and all those good things. Now, of course, things must go awry in order for the story to have some uh, be propelled forward. Um, yes. It, it, well, uh, I don't want to spoil things, but uh, is, can you tell us a little bit about what, what goes awry or what happens and maybe what kinds of abilities they get? Again, don't spoil. I'd rather be uh, teased than spoiled. Yeah. So um, I could tell you a little bit and, you know, at least, you know, as, as far as like what kind of kickstarts everything. So um, this uh, well, hold on, let me see <laughs> what's the best way to do it. So I'm not spoiling too much. Mm. Um, well, at least from a power perspective. So each character has a different power. Caden, uh, he has super strength. Um, Naya, she actually has the ability to temporarily paralyze others uh, through her touch. Um, and Otto has the ability to teleport but he can only teleport to either places he's seen or he has some type of emotional attachment to. He can't just do it willy nilly. Um, mm -hmm. And so as far as like what goes awry is that in this initial trial and what you read from was a, a mock um, um, ad mm -hmm. within the story that these mm -hmm. characters find um, and how they sign up for the program. And pretty much what happens is um, as each patient's being hunted down, um, it's being covered up in a, in a way where it looks like these patients are um, kind of losing control and going crazy. So um, in the story, they're, they're known as, you know, uh, the restored because the program's called the restore program. And so they're, they're known as restored or the restored patients. And they actually kind of become um, feared 
um, a little bit in in the public um, as things start to go awry and, and people kind of start showing up um, dead in a sense. And so that's where uh, the program actually ends up uh, getting shut down for fear of this. And, and there's a belief that these patients are becoming unstable and they're not sure what's really happening and how people are ending up dead. Um, so there's just a lot of mystery um, kind of clouding that situation. Um, so our three characters kind of like what they're, what they have to end up doing is avoid the public as each one is kind of feared and they, you know, are actually being hunted by both this mysterious villain and the police at this point for certain things that are playing out that the public think they're responsible for, but it's actually this villain who's working in the shadows. Now, are these guys, are they diverse characters? Yes. Yes, they are. So, um, Caden, he's Dominican, Naya, she's Indian and Otto is black. Um, and yeah, then there's a, a wider range of characters that'll be introduced later as well. Um, you know, cause as I said, it's stated in my bio, like I, I'm really big on having that representation and also just, you know, not just to do it, just to do it, but I'm also representing, you know, the world that I grew up in. And, um, I was, I grew up around a lot of people that's come from a lot of different backgrounds. And so it's not even so much just making sure a certain race or anything like that is being represented, but just all walks of life and even get, uh, dialing into the different physical disabilities that they have as well, just kind mm. of giving that variety. So you're getting a lot more on screen and in, in one story, you know, see, I have to tell you and people who listen to this podcast on a regular basis, probably going to roll their eyes at this moment. I really like, creative new situations rather than taking like Miles Morales and stuffing him into an existing Spider-Man outfit, mm -hmm. which I think is very uh, low level creation for me. I like the way that you're doing this. You've come up with a, your, your world building, you're bringing a variety of people into it. And of course, depending on who we are, we might relate to different uh, individuals in it. And so for me, I really am drawn to this. And I just want to right off the bat say congratulations on going this route because Thank man, you. that's such a, you don't know how, how it, it, it does my heart good to see <laughs> this kind of storytelling going on instead of, you know, basically making everybody into somebody that we've already seen before a thousand yes. times. And yeah, and to that point, and you know, a lot of people have addressed me, and I, I've get, gotten a lot of eye rolls. People saying that, like, oh, well, you know, there is representation. We have characters. We have this within Marvel, within, you know. And to your point, my response has always been like, yeah, but how many of them are original characters that do not rely on the backbones of a character or world that has already been built? You know, there, there, there's. It's easier to take a risk on inclusion when you know that there's going to be some type of return like you said if you make all right let's make a um uh a half black half, half hispanic spider-man you know by so it's like we have that represent representation but we still are running under you know the spider-man name we already have yeah. that built-in fan base and yeah. so for me it's it's just about taking that plunge of like okay let's take that Let's run with it and let's actually put it into some more original characters, some original worlds starting from scratch. Mm -hmm. 
And you don't know how great it is to hear you say that stuff. I just, I, I, but before Superman came along, there was no super character. Mm-hmm. He started somewhere and they had to come up with that. And what you have done with this book, and we'll get to the other one in a couple minutes, but what you have done with this book is created a whole new situation with new people, new uh, situation. You know, the whole thing is new. Mm-hmm. And as somebody who's read comics for decades, I love new. Oh, man, do I love new. I love variety. I love this stuff. So when I read what this was about, I was like, yes. Oh, awesome. yes. Congratulations on doing something new. I love it. Oh, <laughs> man. You. And then even just from like a sci-fi perspective, right? Like I feel like there was a time, like a golden age of sci-fi, where so many different ideas were being thrown out there. So many new things were being thrown out there. And like you could get away with it with sci-fi because you can get crazy, you know? Mm-hmm. And I feel like science fiction has even like in a way have has come complacent in that sense where mm-hmm. – it has taken a step back and becoming a little bit safer and kind of just doing derivatives of, I, you know, uh, things and concepts that have already been done, or at least have shown, um, you know, that there has been some success in that, in that area. So for me, yeah, I just, I'm just kind of, you know, I'm trying to go with that idea of like, Hey, let's just, let's, let's try to do something fresh um, Mm -hmm. that's out there that might not make sense to certain people, but that's sci-fi, right? <laughs> you know, it's funny because I was watching uh, Star Trek Prodigy the other day, and I actually kind of sat there and thought, you know, I, 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 we might have milked Star Trek as much <laughs> as we can at this point. Mm-hmm. You know, as much as I, you know, what we do is we have a, a holographic member of Starfleet, which we've seen before. I'm sorry to say, but and they're on a ship that they've come across, and they're all. Yeah, you know, young kids basically trying to run the starship, and I'm going like, I don't know. I I, I got I, I guess I'll give it a go because it's Star Trek, but it's going to really have to take off in a hurry for me to to get into it. But see, like what you're doing here, this is new. I have not seen anything like this. Thank and I, I, by the way, I love the name Biopunks. Are we going to find out why this is called Biopunks at some point? Uh, perhaps <laughs> <laughs> I, I love that answer because I, I don't, like I said, I don't like to be spoiled. I like mm-hmm. to be teased. And so for me, I would much rather find out as going now, this is volume one and both of these books are volume one. Mm-hmm. Um, do you know how many issues you're going to have in each volume of this? Yes. So each volume includes five issues. Um, and I've, I've actually, uh, have started to make more of a point to let people know that because, mm-hmm. um, also, uh, what's more traditional with ki- uh, Kickstarters and fundraising just in general, um, crowdfunding with comics, um, it's usually like one, you know, you'll get one to maybe three issues, mm-hmm. um, but they'll still be individual individual issues. And, and a lot of people um, thought that with mine. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, with each one, these are both volumes, right? So each mm-hmm. comic book. So for Biopunks, you're getting five issues in this first volume. Mm-hmm. Um which will total about, you know, 120 plus pages. And the same thing with Legend of Althea, you're also getting five issues within that volume. So you're getting a good amount of story and kind of like the beginning chapters of each of these series. So uh, are you going to zoop each volume from this point on or how are you going to do that? Um, At at this point, um, you mean just, uh, you mean after the, the, the campaign's done and everything. Yeah, when, it was, when you get to volume two, are you going to are you going to use a different process? Are you going to use Zoop for for that? How are you going to proceed with that? 
Uh, well, I love. I mean, hopefully, right now, I'm just trying to <laughs> get through this first one. Um, <laughs> but you know, if everything goes well, and like I've been, I've been happy actually with the platform and with Jordan, with Eric, and um, our, you know, our my experience with them uh, on the site. Everything's been great. So hopefully uh, we can keep the momentum going and actually get funded, get these comics out and everything goes well. You know, I as of right now, I don't see why I wouldn't have any other reason than to run it back with them for okay. the volume two. That's good to know. Uh, now, the, the question I've got is, and of course, people always get on me because I get into the books and then I don't talk about when things, the, the, the nuts and bolts of the of the crowdfunding. Mm-hmm. Uh, as we're talking on, it looks like the the uh, this campaign is going to conclude on the 14th, which is Sunday. Mm-hmm. And does it have a time or is it, it just is on the 14th sometime? It will be... Um I mean, to my knowledge, I probably like the, probably like, yeah, the, the, I would say maybe like, uh, midnight. Okay. Um, the 14th. I mean, I would hope, you know, it doesn't come down to the wire where I need right. to know that detail <laughs> exactly so, the exact time. So but don't, I, don't wait until then. Yes. Don't wait until then. <laughs> to, to do it. Cause, cause as we're recording this, of course, we're recording this a little early. Um, the, the goal is $6,000. And as we're recording this, you haven't quite got there yet, but you're right on the uh, on the <laughs> on the cusp, as I like to say. You're yes, right. You, you are so close to going over that, and then you, with uh, several days left to go, mm-hmm. I I want to see you get beyond that and then some. Thank you. To, to get, and as I always like to say, you know, that when people have a Kickstarter, they get the. Uh, uh, the the heartbreak when they keep refreshing the screen, trying to see if somebody else has, has uh, uh, donated and pushed the amount up. Don't make yeah. Royce I go through that. that. Don't <laughs> do that. Don't get make him do that. Let's get this ahead of time, and then we can make sure that he's got you know he can focus on the books and not worry about the the amount, which I yeah. think is much better for for you. I think you're. <laughs> that's the whole point of I think is doing like Zoop and doing things like that is to make it that you get there, you you do the highest quality possible. Yep. Great storytelling. That's what we're looking for. Absolutely, yeah, so. and w- and with that too, um, you know, obviously hitting that goal is very important. And then you know we uh, we have a few stretch goals too. Uh, you know, which I'm hoping to hit as well, because one thing that I would also want to do with this comic and, and mo- moving forward to it is increasing accessibility and, and ways to actually read the uh, both comics. So for, for example, there's actually an option to purchase a digital, digital version of the comic that includes and uh, that will include an ASL interpretation. Um, yeah, I, wanted, I wanted to ask about that because mm-hmm. how are you going to do that in a comic book? Are, are, how are you going to be able to have a, a sign language in a comic? Cause I've never seen that before. So um, what, what we plan to do is, and you can kind of see what uh, the direction now um, through the, cause I have two pitch videos that talk about um, both programs. One was the standard and the, the other uh, that included the uh, um, ASL uh, interpretation. Right. Uh, off to the side. So what, um, what I plan to do, and then obviously this will, this can change because I also want feedback too. Cause you know, I'm, I'm learning as, as I'm doing this as well, cause I want mm-hmm. to be able to, to provide this service in the best way possible. So, um, it's kind of like, a uh, experimenting, hopefully, you know, it works, but if not, definitely want that feedback to improve it for the, for the next time. Um, but yeah, so it'll be a digital version, which will have, panels of the comic being displayed um, on the left side 
of the screen. And then on the right side will be the interpreter breaking down um, everything that's within that panel. So instead of showing the whole page, we'll go um, kind of like panel by panel um, and having that breakdown of what's happening. So they have the option to read and as well uh, um, watch the interpreter really break down um, what's going on. Um, just so, you know, to provide that extra accessibility. I have never seen that before. That is, that's very creative. And I think when I worked for a certain company, which I shall not mention the name of, they Mm -hmm. had, they taught ASL as part of it. And we had a huge number of people that, that were deaf and we had to work with them. And I was taking the course so I could learn how to interact with them on a, on a regular basis. So I, mm-hmm. I got just so far into it. And then all of a sudden they decided they gave them all buyouts and I didn't have to, I didn't do that anymore. And so I'm, mm-hmm. I'm still always interested in ASL. And so I might actually sit and watch this if I can and, and try to pick up some more of the sign language stuff that I've, I've lost a little of. I'd really like to do that. That is such a great concept, man. I hope, I hope more Thank people you. do that. I, wow. I'm just, that is fantastic. I just really have to say that is, I've never seen that before. And I give you kudos for that. That is wonderful. Thank you. Thank you. And yeah, like I said, like I'm looking t- forward to getting feedback and improving this and seeing, you know, better ways of doing it. Um, just because it's like, there's a lot of things we take for granted. Um, you know, we think, oh, you know, they're, they're, they're comics, they got text and things like that. You know, mm-hmm. everyone's fine, but no, there's just, there's a lot of other things that go into it that we're not aware of because that's not our world. Mm-hmm. And so just having that extra layer, um, for someone who you might think, um, can kind of get in and enjoy these stories actually might not be able to, or mm-hmm. not be able to, um, you know, in the same way and experience it in the same way that we are. Right. So. Right. Oh, that is such a great thing. I, when I read that, I was like stunned. I said, wow, that is something new and something really, I, I hope that other people notice and, and do, because I think it's just great. Now, one other thing, probably when I get onto the other book, I, I've already supported this, but as I mentioned to you before we started to record, I'm probably going to up my, uh, <laughs> my, uh, uh, donation or whatever you want to put it uh, my, the way I do it. Cause you have what what's called the everything pack, mm-hmm. which I really like. It has, you get all the covers, you get the, there's a glow in the dark pin. But the thing that really gets me and really uh, draws me is the, your name in the supporter section, which I always love. So I'm probably going to do that when I figure out the best way. To, I don't know how to update, upgrade it. So I'm going to figure that out. I'll find out how to do that and then I'll, I'll take care of that. But that's really something really spectacular. Thank you. Multiple covers you've got, which are really great. I'm sorry, what were you saying? No, I said, no, thank you. I, I, re- I really appreciate that. Yeah, because it's I, I just somebody really takes chances and goes and does something new and spectacular. I want to support that, and I think that that's definitely worth supporting. Thank so, you. So let's get to the other book, and I always want to. I, I always forget. Is it Althea or Althea? Althea. Althea. Okay, so cat. So uh, Longy, Legend of It's Legend of Althea, Volume One. And why don't you talk about what that book is about? Yeah. So Legend of Althea. Um, this is, this is, a uh, my sci-fi coming of age story. You could think of bi- biopunks as the more, uh, action packed gritty story and legend of Althea is the coming of age, uh, from the teenage perspective, dealing with high school, dealing with the teenage, uh, being a teenager and all the issues that come with that alongside, um, our main character, Althea, um, she has the ability to heal people. 
but it comes at a great cost to herself is, you know, each person she heals, she actually retains, you know, the pain and trauma from that. And the, the more that's required of her to heal, you, the more that costs and drains herself. So it becomes, it can become a very dangerous situation if she's not careful. And so it's, uh, it's pretty much a story of her trying to traverse and develop her powers um, while also trying just to be a, a normal teen. And, um, and this becomes uh, a problem when uh, one, her dad uh, falls ill to a terminal illness and, um, and she has to find a way to develop her powers and where she can help him without potentially killing herself. Mm-hmm. Um, while also there's this uh, gang, notorious gang called the Wolf Pack. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they, where they discover her powers and they pretty much plot to kidnap her and to hold her hostage to utilize her powers for their own gain. Um, mm-hmm. So there's a lot she needs to try and overcome while also, uh, try, you know, just trying to graduate and, and, um, and do normal high school kid stuff. Um, and, you know, the, the motivation for this, like, also, my favorite superhero is Spider-Man. So I always loved that, like, teenage element, kind of seeing him grow, going through school, seeing him struggling with homework, finding a job and things like that. I think that's why so many people... Uh, were able to relate with him. So that, that was definitely a big influence in this story um, mixed with um, wanting to use, uh, I think a power and ability that's always been like used for side characters, mm-hmm. uh, you know, or like characters who kind of just roll through if the main character needs to be healed or something like the healer always like rolls through, does their thing and then kind of leaves. Right. And um, I, you know, I used to play a lot of uh, uh, MMOs and, and games and I always loved playing the healer. Um, but you know, in those roles, the healer was always just like, Hey, stay back, stay back. And, you know, just heal us while we do all the, you know, do all the damage. Um, so yeah, I just always have loved and been a fan of healer characters. And so it just kind of hit me. It was like, you know, what would that look like if the healer was actually the main character? Like how does that, how does that story work? You know? And then how does that character actually go through life? If say people start figuring out like that you can heal, then it's like how, you know, how can you live a normal life after that? Mm-hmm. And then to apply that to a teenager, a teenage girl, you know? So mm-hmm. that, um, yeah, so that's, that's been kind of like the driving force to tell that story. Now, one thing I have to say for both of the issues, both of the books, the artwork is not the same, but both of the styles I really enjoy. Awesome. Um, really, really well done. Different artists look like for each book. But yes. uh, the one, because there's some video gaming involved and stuff like that, using that for the Althea one, and then the Biopunk's more sci-fi-ish, that has uh, a little more realistic, I guess, is the way I would, I would think of it. So, but, you know, both of them really are strong as far as things going and making things happen and making me, you know, want to turn the page right away. Really well done. I have to, nice choice for, for each one, I think. Thank you. And I'm actually, you're the first person to actually point that out. Um, Cause thank you. Yeah, Cause that definitely was intentional. Um, I wanted them to both have their own feel and that correlates with each story. Cause each story is there's, there's similarities, but they're also very different. And so I wanted the art to reflect that. And so I found artists that were able to, um, you know, deliver that vision I had for both stories um, so it's, you know, so it's like they, in a sense, they both exist in the same world and the same universe, but are told, you know, in their own unique way. Mm-hmm. Now, 
there's one other thing that you've done that I really have to applaud. I, I am a big fan of books that have strong female leads. And awesome. Althea in particular has a very strong female lead, which anybody listening to this podcast is probably going <laughs> to know they're going to not going to roll their eyes again. Oh, not another strong female lead. Right. Because <laughs> oh, I do that. Dare they. <laughs> <laughs> well, I do that all the time. Every time I come across a book like this, I'm always going, you did a strong female lead. Good for you. Yeah, I know. And some people are just kind of like, oh, yeah, again. But mm-hmm. but, but for me, I, as I look at the character and I look at what's going on, you, you've given her strength as well as some weakness. Mm-hmm involved which i really like i i you know the 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 way that she is she's got advantage and disadvantage in the same i i the thing i always drives me crazy about the x-men is that they're always teenage models Mm -hmm. and i and i'm always going like uh, you know normally should have like an arm growing out of their forehead or something like that when they're mutants and stuff right right (laughs) but but they never do that in there they're always you know uh, even wolverine started out as this little tiny guy that smelled bad and said called everybody bub and mm-hmm. now he's six foot seven foot tall and you she know and, I, and, and i'm always going at him like whatever happened to the real wolverine where did he go I know. See, what, what you've done is you've created a very realistic character thank you and i i, I the thing about her that is so i'm just gonna i can't wait to see what happens to her yeah, I'm awesome. fascinated by the the way that the story. There's there's this one sequence having to do with her mother, mm-hmm. and I won't say any more than that because I want you to go to zoop.gg and look for this. There's a really interesting thing going on, something I've never seen before. <laughs> Again, awesome. and I just, I oh, wow, <laughs> I, I I don't even want to describe it because it's so unique and so un- unusual that I, I have never seen it, and I just want to see what you do with, the, with these characters and what you're going to make happen to these people and how they're going to grow and do it. It's just such Thank a, you so much. I, I, I really, I really appreciate that. Thank you. I mean, that's, that's awesome to hear that, you, you know, you, you're excited to, to learn more about these stories. Cause that, you know, that's what I would hope the, the, you know, the campaign, you know, does and stirs that, that excitement, hopefully for these new characters. Well, yeah, again, it's stuff I hadn't seen before. And, and I've been around for decades reading comics. And for me to see something I haven't read before, that is like, a, I'm like, wow, <laughs> you don't know how that that's great. And so I'm, I'm grateful that you're doing that. And I just, I mean, I cannot wait to, to see how, how all these things. And, and I'm interested to get to know the characters better. Awesome. You know, cause they're, I, I, I've never seen a character go through this before so i'm gonna be i'm gonna be really i can't wait to get the book and pull it out and read it and boy, it's gonna be really something i'm gonna treasure because it just looks like something that's very special and very new and new is something i don't get very often anymore so I, i'm just looking forward to it just tremendously royce i think it's just i can't wait to see it i can't wait to see both of these books really sound you know like like something i i am going to really enjoy Thank you. Well, hopefully uh, I can uh, complete my campaign so I can deliver it. <laughs> I think you will. I think, you know, right now you are close enough that I would say uh, it's very likely you're going to make it and then some, awesome. which is what I really want to see because uh, such a good stuff. So many different things. I like the variant covers, too. Thank you. you. You've got variant, you know, regular cover and then you've got the Zoop cover. 
And, you know, like I said, if you get the everything thing like I'm going to switch to, you get all those covers, which is going to be fun. Uh, even Now, as, as you and I are talking, 30 people have already claimed that. Yeah, yes. And that's, I'm, I'm actually really, really excited about. Because that's uh, $70, and so that's not an inexpensive level. But you're getting so much for it. And, of course, you sign all the books, too. Mm-hmm. which really makes it something special. So it's this whole, uh, 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 I don't want to call it a project or what you, I don't know what you call it in Zoop, but th- it's just such a really creative and, and unique way to do these kinds of things. Uh, I, I'm just sort of curious, uh, you know, and you being a filmmaker and stuff like that. Are there other projects that you're working on that we should be aware of? Um, it's funny you should ask that. <laughs> um, no, a- absolutely. I'm constantly working on something. And one of my uh, stretch goals actually um, is uh, if um, if by chance I reach $10,000 in my funding um, that I will also include um, the first issue of um, my other comic book series I'm working on called Outcasts which um, is about this uh, rogue super soldier who, um, who has asthma. And so uh, pretty much he's been kicked out of this program that created him um, and he developed asthma from it. And so he's now kind of like on this uh, binge to prove that he's still worth, um, he still has worth and he still can, you know, uh, live out the duties that he was created for. And I, I don't want to say too much other than that, but mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah, th- this one's also kind of like special to my heart because, um, I grew up with, with really, really bad asthma. And mm-hmm. so, you know, and I've never really, you know, I'm all, I grew up watching movies, shows and things like that, that always pointed at the, that always displayed the kid with asthma as the nerd, the weakling, mm-hmm. things mm-hmm. like that. They can't handle, you know, they can't handle themselves. So, Um, this one is really just me creating something where I'm like, Hey, let me, I just want to see a dude like just go crazy who can fight, but has asthma. And then how do you deal with doing all these cool things, but you have an inhaler, you know? So, um, well, so one of the things is that I actually incorporated in his, he has a battle staff and in that battle staff, he actually has an inhaler that he can use, uh, mid fight. If he finds himself, his lungs tightening up and things like that. Wow. See, I want to read that. I, I hope we get to 10,000 so I can read that. I'd really like to say Because, you know, my I always remember Captain America. You know, he gets – he's this little scrawny guy, and then they mm-hmm. give him a thing, and he turns him into the super soldier. And I was always like, why wasn't there some sort of downside to that, you know? Right. Mm-hmm. I, always, I could never understand that. But, hey, you're, that, that was they did that just so you could go and <laughs> get those things. Right, right, right. <laughs> this is really, really great. I just oh, – man. I, I, you got so many creative ideas coming. I can't wait to see them. Thank you so much. Come to now, the next question I got for you is: um, being a filmmaker and stuff like that, are there films that you're working on as well as the comics? Uh, as of now, um, I you know I, I've have a couple things. Um, Biopunks actually originally started off as a feature film script um, that I, I started writing in 2015, um, and pretty much was working on that and at some point decided like, Hey, I let me just, you know, take it. Let me take the idea that I already have. I already have the beginning, middle and end. And let me just put this into comic book form because 
to do this uh, will cost a lot of money <laughs> to do live action. And, you know, then at that point, you're then waiting on, you know, you got to get investors, you got to get people involved and then trying to convince people to, you know, fund an original idea like, you know, that's that's action packed, even though I wouldn't necessarily paint these as like your traditional superhero stories. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's how they're viewed. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, to do that in a very crowded space where, you know, any trying to do anything that's not Marvel or DC is, you know, pretty much impossible. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so I'll just like, instead of just waiting for permission, you know, to tell these stories, I can tell them myself. And so that's how I got started to, to do biopunks and then released it in 2017. And then same thing with legend of Althea. I actually wrote it as a short film that I wanted to shoot. Um, but then COVID happened and, you know, I, again, I didn't want to wait. And I was like, you know what? I already did it with biopunks. Let me do it with legend of Althea. And from doing both of those, that's where I just was kind of like, you know what, let me just keep going this, this comic book route because I've, you know, there's, there's no limitations to it. And I can tell whatever story I want without, you know, having to, get funding or beg people and, you know, to convince them why this, I think this idea is good before it's even seen, at least now I can put it out and then people can read it and then decide for themselves whether they think it's good or not. It's, you have an unlimited science, uh, special effects budget. Yes. (laughs) Well, more or less, I still have to pay uh, for the artists and everything. Yeah. Uh, I I wish I could draw myself, but uh, (laughs) but even with that way, way, way uh, more affordable than, all the visual effects I would need <laughs> to make this happen. <laughs> yeah, it's it's really going to be beautiful. I can't wait for it. I I'm glad you went that route to choose different art styles for the two different stories because it's going to make them stand out really nicely. Yeah, and, uh, beautiful. Now, if people want to follow you like on social media, how do they do that? So yeah, you can follow me my personal account at Roro Beckley on everything. Um, I'm mainly on Instagram. But uh, you can also follow me at Robo Beckley on Twitter uh, and TikTok, um, you know, all those fun places, but predominantly Instagram. And then if you want to follow my actual comic books, um, you can follow at Legend of Althea um, and then at Biopunks Comic for, for that. And again, predominantly Instagram. Well, actually, for my comics, just just Instagram. <laughs> okay, very good, very good. Because it's going to be great. I, I, are you going to be like putting out like updates as to what's going on? Uh, yeah. Those. Okay, so we can Absolutely. we can follow that. Now, uh, I got to ask the awful question. Uh, let's say, and I'm pretty certain this is going to happen. You're going to get your your goal, and then some. Do you have any idea uh, as to when the books are going to be available? Yes. So the goal is to release both of them um, the top of 2020. 2022? Or sorry, yeah, 2022. Okay. <laughs> 2020. I, 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 I forgot what year we're in. <laughs> yeah, 20, yeah 2020 just still haunts me. So uh, <laughs> well, It haunts all of us, believe yeah, me. Yeah. <laughs> top of 2022. Well, good. I'm looking forward to that. It's going to make a, a good start for a good year. Um, I, I always try to think when the best time to release these books is going to be, but I'm never exactly sure when it comes to something like this, which isn't, I mean, if it's a Christmas book, it needs to be out in the Christmas season. Mm-hmm. If it's science fiction, you can really do it just about any time because uh, that's a good, any time is a good time for science fiction. Although exactly. winter is usually a good time because people are stuck in house in their houses. And stuff, mm-hmm. so. But yeah, these are great stories. I mean, great characters. 
I, I, one question I just, I just got to ask is how long did it take to develop the stories uh, and get them? Because it, it feels like this might have taken a while. Yeah, I, well, definitely Biopunks took the longest. Um, and it's really kind of just a combination of a bunch of different like ideas um, <clears throat> that I've had like throughout the years. And it really kind of the initial idea of like this what if, right? Like what if we had the technology you know, to do this or to, to, you know, to cure whatever, um, you know, it kind of like all stemmed from, uh, when I was a kid and, you know, my mom was pretty much uh, a caregiver to my grandma after she had, um, a few strokes. And I just remember thinking when I was younger, like, Oh, you know, what if something existed that could, you know, cure my grandma. And so then everybody, you know, could be happy again. Um, and so that idea, mixed with, you know, my love for comics and just love for sci-fi because sci-fi is all about just what ifs. Mm-hmm. So that's, I think that's why I fell in love with the genre so much. And it kind of just like stayed with me, stayed with me until, um, it just got to a point where like I started putting pieces together. Um, and I was doing a lot of research on companies actually doing, um, working on, um, different devices and thing like things like that, that, uh, that are pretty much like the concept of the spinal core, you know, ways to, you know, help people walk again to re-stimulate, uh, uh, um, you know, the central nervous system, if there's damage to, you know, the spinal cord and things like that. So it's taking real life principles and just, you know, adding that, what if sci-fi flair to it, um, to a certain degree. So, uh, I pretty much just kind of combined all those things, all those things together. And then that's where I got biopunks. And then, you know, um, and there's always like that. Okay, cool. This, it's all great. If you know, all this really existed, but you know, what if something went wrong, you know, because at the end of the day, I do think we do get consumed with wanting to always fix and cure things and, you know, such and such. And like the, the best way is just to make, to make everybody normal or, you know, quote unquote normal, everyone, like everyone else, you know? And so I think that also plays into the story of like that obsession with always finding the cure. And within that obsession is when things, you know, go awry or don't go as planned. Mm-hmm. I can't wait to read these books. I can't get here fast enough for me. I'm really <laughs> dying to read them because there's just so many really smart things going on behind them. The diversity, the female character in the one lead. Of course, you've got a female lead in the other one. You've got two males and a female in the other one. Mm-hmm. And you've got all kinds of great things going on. The science fiction. Oh, I can't wait to see it. This is going to be such great, uh, uh, such a great read for me. I'm just going to lose myself in them. I'm just sure. Um, it's called Stone Harbor Comics Launch. You go to Zoop and it's Z-O-O-P dot G-G forward slash the letter C is in cat forward slash Stone Harbor Comics. And it's going to conclude on the 14th, which is a Sunday. Don't wait until then, as I said. Yes, please get, don't. <laughs> get, get Royce's, you know, get, get beyond that and get into the, 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 the stretch goals and all kinds of wonderful things. If we can ever get to that $10,000 one, I would love to see that. Because that one, that, that outcast sounds really, really gripping. Uh, if it doesn't go this time, you need to do another one of these just to get to that. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, this is definitely, I'm, you know, no matter what happens, I'm going to keep pushing, keep pressing on. I'm going to get these, I'm going to get these comics out one way or another. (laughs) That's excellent. Keep it up. I'll I'll be supporting you all the way. Thank you. It's just fantastic. So Royce, just keep it up and man, I can't wait to see this stuff. I, I, 
I'm more excited than I even was when I was reading it before. It's awesome. just great stuff. Get there and support Royce and make these things happen so that we can enjoy them and get all of the story told, not just the first volume. Hmm. So, yep. Royce, just enjoy it. Keep it up. And we'll be with you all the way to make sure it happens. Thanks, Wayne. I really appreciate that. That's it for this episode. Be back next time. I'll have another great interview with an excellent comics creator. Something I'm sure you won't want to miss. But until then, keep reading your comics.